Hey, welcome back, Underground. Hope that you enjoyed the podcast last week that introduced this series on a spirit of grace and supplication. It's a special series of podcasts we'll drop throughout the year that are about uh, just uh, joining us in prayer for Kansas City or even your city that you're in. And if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back, listen to that podcast, grab the prayer guide at anchor.fm, our our, our page on that. I don't think Anchor FM carries our prayer guy, but <laughs> <laughs> our page will. <laughs> and then if uh, they were cool. They did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, so those are, there, there should be six of those throughout the year, and just want to invite you to engage in those. Join us in extraordinary prayer. Like that's going to be. We believe that's a part of the movement, uh, or to, that's a part of the whole. Uh, picture of seeing movement emerge in Kansas City. So anyway, today we're back to our regularly scheduled programming with Bree Weeby. Yay. Woo! <laughs> All right, we got to pick up the energy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pumped up. I, my intro felt a little down. This will be like this real high intro music and then, hey, everybody, welcome back. <laughs> Enjoy the prayer guide from the previous week. But here we are with Bree Weeby, and today we're back in this series of how the church is led and developed, and in this we're talking about Covo Occasional, as Bree calls it. <laughs> Look, so. It may have been because I, I had a typo in the Oh, it's your fault. I think it was, it, it oh, was no, it was definitely, it was autocorrect. Oh, oh yeah. I was on a text? Oh, yes, I was texting, oh. and I was like, that's definitely not then, spelled right, but I can't fix that right now. So that's totally your fault. Then. Yeah. I thought it was on the spreadsheet. I'll own it. No, oh, good. Occasionally. <laughs> occasionally, you work two different jobs. Covo. <laughs> or, or you work occasionally. <laughs> Depends on the day. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to hear more about that. <laughs> how, how do you, how you get, get that it? job? <laughs> no, nah, man, I've been doing that for years. <laughs> it works well. No, so yeah, so we, no, so yeah. So yeah, so no, so maybe. We are discussing uh, a bunch of aspects of how the church is led and developed. We kind of uh, moved into that larger series within a series of in, in the way churches we know it at Damien Girk's book. Um, and so one of the things that he talks about is this idea of uh, bivocational leadership that, that we often see within uh, movement leadership circles. Mm-hmm. And so Bree has kind of, I mean, you've been doing this for like ever, right? So we thought, hey, we should hear about Bree. So maybe we do like, I mean, we, I mean, people know who you are if they've been listening to this podcast because you're on this a lot, but do it maybe a quick summary of your role again within the underground and mm-hmm. uh, maybe just walk us through what that has looked like in your history and your current life of what it looks like to be in a bivocational role. Sure. Yeah. So I am uh, the ongoing coaching director for the underground and I love it. I haven't mentioned that to you all lately. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Well, it's one of my favorite things, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, that is, uh, that's what I do when I oversee this team of coaches who is able to coach others. So it's coaches, coaching, coaches, coaching everybody. And um, it's just a beautiful thing to see that um, that accountability come into play and that camaraderie and um, everybody come together. So, But actually, I haven't been doing this forever. But then I was thinking, if I'm a mom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's kind of, okay, that's yeah. where I was maybe headed that's there. That's where we were, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. We, that was great. We both questioned you with the same, and then affirmed you with the, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, wow. <laughs> Sound effects. That was amazing. All right, sorry, keep going. Yes, so, um, yes, I have, uh, when I had my kids, 
I um, stepped back from my teaching role that I was doing in elementary school with special education um, students. And uh, then, because uh, my husband and I had decided, yes, we're going to stay at home. And just, Both of you? N- n- no, but that. <laughs> oh, you mean you that, and the kiss. <laughs> I don't know how that would have worked out. That would be great. <clears throat> but Occasionally. I, Occasionally. St- <laughs> I stayed home with the kids. And then... Uh, a little ways into child rearing, um, got a job at a um, local amazing um, congregation and worked there. So then, yeah, um, doing the mom thing full time, I guess you would say, and also part time ministry and then stepped down from that role and um, didn't quite know what I was going to do. And then mm-hmm. what God did was he um, reintroduced that passion for working with people with special needs into my life. Only it wasn't kids this time. It was adults. And I knew that was coming because he had kind of been talking to me about that. So reintroduced that. So now you got mom and you got working at this day program for adults with special needs. And then underground comes into play. And uh, so then ongoing coaching director with that. I feel like you glossed over like yeah. 15 years. What'd I do? Years. What'd I do? <laughs> You, when you said ministry came back, you're just like 20 to 25 hours a week leading small group leaders at Westside, right? Yes. So even in that role, you can see the, the coaching that had to come into play. And you, like you had like three or four layers of coaching going on, right? Like you're coaching coaches who coached mm-hmm. small group leaders. Yeah, we had all kinds of names and terms <laughs> for people in, in positions. But yeah, we had... Uh, I think it was about four different layers of folks that we were. Corey gets excited with. about it. Bree was doing four generations of discipleship. That's, that's a movement, that's what right? I'm talking about. <laughs> it was fun. And we get caught up on terms and language sometimes. I think Brian's just he's poking the bear right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> seeing it still come out. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy. I'm reading the Bible over here. Uh huh. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, I'm listening. Hang to on. Bree. Let me go back to this. So, so like 20 to 25 hours at Westside. Mm-hmm. For those that are in predominant model churches that have small groups, Westside had like 300 small groups had, at one point. Had a couple hundred, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so you're leading coaches who coach coaches who coach small group leaders or something like that, or coaching people. Uh-huh. So, And you're doing this in like 20 to 25 hours a week. So it's not a full-time job, and you're... I'm just going to celebrate and say just crushing it. Mm-hmm. And wherever Brian Phipps is, he's like glowing right now. He's like, yeah, she was. <laughs> um, so doing that and then I, I remember having conversations with you in the middle of that saying, well, toward the end of, I think Jesus is um, reigniting, fueling again this passion that I have this deep within me that is a part of my own personal calling, mm-hmm. which is working with people with special needs. Um and so, like, just a, I just want to highlight that from like an objective yeah. point of view because you went real fast through that. So now it's like, I've got this calling which is about adults with special needs. We've seen a microchurch emerge in that network because of your calling and your passion in that. But you're also given like twenty something hours, thirty hours every week to coaching in the underground, developing this team, which we believe is going to be a part of sustaining the movement. And so this is all what we're trying to highlight in the podcast this week is like when we think about churches, we know it. Most of us that have been in that world want to get paid just by that world. Right. <laughs> and in that, it ends up elevating certain individuals and it ends up making this small little, what would you say, like collection of people 
that are the professionals Mm -hmm. and then those that aren't the professionals. And it creates this framework Mm -hmm. that you need a small group of professionals to do a certain amount of the work. Right. And yet Brie has consistently destroyed that framework. Yeah. (laughs) Well, a couple of weeks ago, we we talked about the idea of just that, uh, that gap between kind of the paid Christian versus the everyday person. And, uh, um, that that's the issue we're more leaning on more i don't i don't this versus language we talked about this a couple I weeks know, ago I know. and it's great and it's like we don't we're, the only reason i want to bring it up again is like we we're not saying this is good this is bad we are highlighting the reality that the goal within the church as we know it model is to get paid i mean like if we're if this is going to be my job if you're not getting paid the hope is that you would be able just to do that full time and get paid but what happens is that the people who are getting paid end up being less about, and this is what we talked about two weeks ago, less about equipping and more about doing the work of the ministry. Does that make sense? So it's like... Um, oh, yeah, that's a good distinction. And so if you're if you're getting paid, but you are, your role is to equip, that's a different conversation than we are paying the, you know, I was a youth pastor, pay the youth pastor to do the youth work. You know, so that, that that's just, to me, that's kind of the crux of it. But but going also to that, what, Bree, what you have both modeled, and I think what I love... Watch out for that microphone. Sorry, we both modeled, and what I'd like to talk about um, is the there's there's an intentionality that mm-hmm. comes with being bivocational that is part of this mindset as a whole. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I heard our friend Brad Briscoe uh, talk about this one time, and it stuck with me forever, and it will stick with me forever. He talked about the difference between the words bivocational and co-vocational. So I looked up this morning the prefixes and what they mean. So bi means two parts, and it actually means dividing into two parts. Co means with, together, or to jointly coexist. Mm, That's so good. So I have stopped using the word bivocational and I've started using the word co-vocational because of what you just said. Mm. I want everything I do to be with Jesus and with the mentality that that's why I'm here on earth. Uh, So when I go into my job with the individuals with special needs, my my goal there is, yes, to fulfill my job and the job role description and what they hired me to do. But underlying, of course, is always, what am I here to do? I'm here with Jesus to join him in the work that's going on here. So whether you're um, an accountant or a teacher or a trash truck driver or what, I mean, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. we need to be thinking about co-vocational yeah. and doing it with with God and mm-hmm. with it at the same time. I mean, that, that is such a mindset shift to think about, like, actually, they, they, there's an intentionality in both of these roles being, like, along the same line. Like, I'm living on mission in both of these places. In fact, what we see a lot uh, when you do that is, like, you're, you actually take serious the things that we say. Like, hey, your workplace might be the place that you're called to plant the gospel. And, like, dude, if you're living like that, co-vocationally you're actually you're living as a missionary just as intentionally as you are in the other role this is probably a side story but i'm gonna tell it anyway <laughs> he's, he's got this little like like smirk on his face over on the side of the room like uh-oh well just the way that you're both talking about living on mission and joining jesus in that in the workplace i think it was andy stanley man this is probably like 20 years ago told the story about uh one of his buddies that worked on a construction site and you know, construction site that has the porta potties and whatever. And he's like, I remember this one construction job. Man, it was like the best porta potty. 
scenario <laughs> that you could imagine because we had this one guy that would like come and clean it or whatever and he's you always knew the day was coming it's like this truck's coming down the road this loud worship music is going <laughs> and he's like when it's done it's like shining on the inside and like the smells were like now that's you know, that's good news right there perfume and whatever that's the gospel so one day they're like bro why do you why do you take such care and time to do this porta potty job and he like leaned in real close and stuck his thumb in his chest and he goes because i do my work for the lord <laughs> that's right amen i know it's a side story but i've always loved that like yeah. it doesn't matter what you do just joining jesus in it yeah. but i do want to go back to like what you're saying of of highlighting the um like not not separating these worlds that's why i was trying to like when i emphasized your story and came back around it's like i know all of it has to do with calling mm-hmm. it's not just a job to work with adults with special <laughs> needs so that's my co-vocation because i get paid but like there's you pursued something that was fully meaningful to you now i get some people like i got a job and it's not fully meaningful yeah, you gotta or do it you gotta you gotta make ends meet yeah, yeah totally sure but there's also a place where it's like don't you don't have to just settle your whole life with that either it's like do that job do it well join jesus find the joy in it but also like pursue those ways of thinking through man how can my passion my calling begin to collide in in every space of what i'm doing yeah exactly i mean it's good to love your job it's good to at least like your job i mean you gotta you, you gotta have that to be able to have some some energy to be able to go to work but we don't always. So, um, yeah, wherever you are, God can help you to do your best there, bring him into that workplace, and um, and he can even help you like it. But if you can find something that you're passionate about that you can also get paid for, I mean, dang. <laughs> mm-hmm. And <laughs> I feel I am very blessed, and I know I don't take it for granted. I have, if I could pick my perfect thing in life it would be what i'm doing right now and i know not everybody can say that so i know i'm very blessed in that but uh yeah don't don't settle i mean search it out like find what you're what you're passionate about and and, uh there could be an avenue there Mm -hmm. so so i think that's that's one route right as we're saying okay you can actually live on mission in the place like it's one of your mission fields Uh, another thing that i'd love to just talk about on a practical thing is just the reality of freeing up um not all of our money goes towards paying staff with an underground mm-hmm. and that the practicality of that uh, comes with that. So if you just look at our, and again, I'm, we're just like, we're, we're pointing out some of the differences between the, the cocky model, the churches we know at model and a kind of movement DMM structure. And we're saying that one of the realities is that we have less money going towards staff than maybe that other model. That doesn't mean that we think that's, bad right or wrong uh, um but what we have and we have leaned into this relatively hard is that the people who are quote-unquote on staff getting paid of some kind that's a variety of we can we'll go in those details later is that they're all equipping roles most of them are equipping roles and uh are like all of them are yeah, right i'd say all of <clears> them <throat> We're I don't, through. yeah we don't i don't think we would hire anybody that doesn't have a role in equipping right and we lean hard into that meaning that we're raising up everyday people like that is what we're like there's a multiplication even in that reality that uh is we lean hard into so i'd love to hear you guys thoughts on that well i would say that 
I've been doing some work actually recently on some part of that role of just putting policies or whatever in place, yeah. formalizing things, systems and structures behind the scenes. We've been looking oh, it at sounds that. sounds so exciting. <laughs> I get pumped up. <clears throat> nope. So <laughs> I just want to say I love you guys because you guys both do that really well. So you free me up so I can just run and be cray. Keep going. I'm sorry. So you can run. Why aren't you guys making eye Give contact us with me right now? What is, I feel like there's some kind of tension here. Anyway, the point was we were talking about hiring like what does hiring in the future look like? Cause we all raise yeah. support. It's a part of what we do. We don't really hire so much as people go, I want to work for the underground yeah. and I'm going to raise my support to yeah. do that. Um, so the, but the flip side is like, well, what does, why would, why would we bring someone on? That was a question we were asking. Why would we bring another role on? Mm. And we said it would be because people spent like someone, an individual said, I'm going to spend time with your team because I have a passion for equipping the body of Christ in this way. Mm-hmm. And as a part of like the timeline of what it would mean to quote unquote, join the, the operations team of the underground was like, they've probably spent six months, 12 months, 18 months just hanging mm-hmm. and offering themselves and equipping people and doing stuff. And then this person said person would be at a place where they go, I, I think I want to give more of my life to this, like maybe 10 to 20 hours a week. Mm. I'm in a role in my job or my life where I can like decrease the number of external work hours in another place so I can give it to this. And it's like, yeah, we would hire somebody because they're already doing the job. They're raising their own support to get paid to continue equipping in that way. Mm -hmm. And it's a clear role that like strengthens the decentralized network across the city. Totally. It's like, that's a different framework than we have some empty spot we need to fill. You know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I have lots of thoughts, but, but Brie, Brie is our, like, you're doing this and, and have been doing this in a, in a role that we haven't. So, and she's a regular contributor to the Casey underground I know. podcast. I almost said guest, <laughs> but she's not a guest. No regular contributor. But she should speak more. It's right. regular. We can leave the room if you want to just finish the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, please don't. But I do have thoughts. Um, What I was, one of the things I was, I have a few different thoughts here about why it's important to be co-vocational or at least have that mindset or have Mm -hmm. some, a foot in that door. Um, One of the biggest reasons is because it, that opens doors that right there opens doors. Kind of like we would talk about the words access ministry, Mm -hmm. like that would open doors Mm -hmm. to. Um, more people of peace in different areas uh, because everyone that I work with at the day program has their own circles, you know, That's in right, various man. places. And so I have to, I am compelled to look at them and be like, man, I do not have the same circles as her or mm-hmm. him or her. So how can I influence her and bring the good news of the gospel and Jesus into her life so that then her circles can be influenced? Mm-hmm. Um, you that, preach it. Free <laughs> that, That's good. that is, uh, that's something that is um, very important to me. So praying for uh, the colleagues in my other my co-vocation and um, and ministering to them, loving them, bringing the good news to them. Uh, another thing I was thinking is having a co-vocation. This is kind of a funny topic. Gives me something else to say to people when they ask, "What do you do besides?" Yes. I'm a pastor, quote unquote, or I work at a church, quote unquote, or I, 
hadn't ever thought of that. Oh one. It, no, I <laughs> that's top of my list too. I mean that that is so it validates your reason for being uh, around, and you're not like the professional Christian. It, it brings it, it actually takes. Well, I'm telling you guys, more often than not, telling people you're a pastor actually, in my experience, brings puts more walls up than more spiritual conversation. That's openings. what I have experienced. So when yeah. I worked in a predominant model church for about a decade, you could just tell it's so funny for people yeah. who do not yet know how much God loves them. And they say, what do you do? Well, you're not going to lie. So you're like, well. Oh, I totally lied. <laughs> no, you just tweak, you just yeah. say it in a different way. Yeah, I didn't lie. That's true. I just said I work for a nonprofit. Yeah. Well, that's not a lie. That's not a lie. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I would say, you know, I work uh, I work at a, a church and they kind of be like, oh, Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just a, I don't know. Yeah. There's a weirdness there sometimes, not all yeah. the time. So for me being able to say, um, I work at a, a day program with um, individuals with special needs. And then I, but then I lead into it by saying, that's a passion that God's given me. Yeah. And so there's ways yeah. that you can still say it, but that just, it get, that opens a whole new door or rather maybe doesn't close a door. Yes. I don't know. No, that's so practical. People actually don't realize that like sometimes it's easy to think if you're the professional missionary or christian or pastor that well this is just what you do and it's like i have found that i mean if i'm actually hanging out in the places that god's called me to hang out with and that uh especially in suburban america can put up a lot of walls uh dude i'm i'm want to be creative as well i'll tell people like i want to confuse people sometimes so, what, what's your job <laughs> you know because it's like truly like what is it that you I do i think i ask you that every week <clears throat> <laughs> Oh, don't let, let's. I mean, we we have like ten minutes left, maybe, uh, maybe not. Um, but today's podcast has been mostly, I would say, aimed at church leaders who are thinking differently about this. But you know, so for for all of you out there who are ordinary people who are like co-vocation, I just got a job. I got forty hours a week doing yeah. my job. Yeah. What are you talking about? Another job? Like, how does this topic? apply like to the everyday person who's listening to this right they're not thinking Mm -hmm. i gotta go get another you wait is that part of the missionary living i have to go find another job as well (laughs) um so i'm just curious where you would take this for like the ordinary person who has already spent 20 something minutes listening to this going hey how does this make sense for my day Mm -hmm. man i I think it comes down to, because, you know, in the underground, we call people our missionaries. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the word that we use for them. And we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of conversations about that word. Do we use that word? I don't know. But mm-hmm. so a missionary is a sent one. It's someone who is sent. And that's going back to the biblical idea of the priesthood of all believers. And so if you've got your ordinary, everyday person, uh, heard a guy call him a normie. If, if, if you're a normie and you're just out there and you're, you're, you're working your 40 hour week job, but you're also sent, you're also sent by God. So I would say you are co-vocational. Um, maybe that the missionary piece isn't paying you money, but <laughs> turns out the co-vocation doesn't get paid, but it's also the one I'd rather do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I know the missionaries of the underground and I get to sit with them in these coaching sessions and hear what's going on. And man, they're co-vocational. It's like, man, I'm a I'm a physical therapist 40 hours a week. But guess what I'm doing on my other time? I'm reaching my neighborhood. You know, I work at Cerner and I'm a graphic designer. But the other part of the week, guess what I'm doing? I'm I'm ministering to immigrants in Kansas City. I mean, Mm -hmm. it 
it's co-vocation. I mean, if you're all in, you're all in. Yeah. It, it validates what we're actually trying to say all across the board is that even in leadership, we really, really validate that. No, you're, there's a, there's a calling to where to work, right? Where God has placed you as a missionary. So, and also the whole missionary word, like we're, we just want to continue to validate that people are, it's part of their identity. They are sent once of God. We're not claiming that everyone is a, uh, that word actually comes from what the uh, apostolos or like basically a, apostle. We're not claiming everyone's an apostle. We're claiming that everyone is a sent one. <clears throat> you know, we join a missionary God. And so, yeah, I think that's such a good point. Um, I also have a couple of thoughts is that I, I think that I, earlier I said like the structure, we, we pay people who we pay people, uh, people raise support, all this stuff uh, to be equippers. <clears throat> when I say equippers, I, that doesn't mean we're not practitioners. Mm. I think a lot of times, uh, church leadership oh you guys will do we'll be back here and we'll just come up with all the ways to support you there's truth to that in the sense that your primary role is equipping but everyone in any underground circles that's getting paid at all is uh, and also like we're very much on the ground in various different ways and so i do think that's that needs to be discussed a little bit because there is a difference um in some of that and lastly I think there is beautiful biblical picture for all forms of money raising within a, a, a gospel movement. I mean, Paul worked full time. He was co-vocational at times. He fully raised support on time. You uh, at times, and you can read Second Corinthians. What I think it's like eight, nine. I mean, basically, like it's a hilarious few chapters of basically he's guilt tripping. The church to, to guilt oh dude read it it's guilt tripping <laughs> it's not guilt tripping it's totally guilt tripping no it's a father <laughs> it's holy figure. it's holy guilt tripping yeah. I mean read it uh, it's, read it right now right now it's good no but I mean, seriously like there's a reality of like okay we're we're calling God's people to give and support the church uh, Jesus worked off of the support of yeah Jesus like, fully raised support. yeah he fully raised support so like we want to validate all forms. We're just not fully dependent on one. And so it frees us up to kind of do things a little differently just just because we want to value. I mean, some of the recent people that like we've just like thinking outside the box and like, okay, you might get a little bit of money, uh, you know, like a little stipend from the underground. We'll help you raise support and then we'll help you give a little like a little uh, micro business grant. You know, so you got three streams coming together and you got a full time. I mean, whatever it means to think outside the box when it comes to money, let's do it. Right. And I just and, and so when you think about like a like a businessman, like we don't just want you to give money in your tithes. We want you to help us think, how can we not be so dependent upon this model mm-hmm. where people have to pay it? Like, how can we generate money? How yeah, can you know, good. just like we're think it allows us to think outside the box in so many different ways so that we're not just like pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah, just from a, <clears throat> the flip side to last thought on that, the person that's maybe within a predominant model that might have stumbled across this podcast and is listening to it. It's like, how do you get with your leadership and maybe challenge the thought process a little bit in some very, you know, um, honoring, caring ways. (laughs) But also I I think I'm also encouraging people to think through from, from your angle um, to disassociate those. Like oftentimes when we're giving, I think there's like a, whatever it is like in our minds of like part of my role in giving is to support that work that's up there that you're doing it's like separate from that you know like give towards things that are multiplying the gospel in unreached places in the city like make sure that like 
the resources that we've been blessed with are blessing others. And it's this multiplicative outward growth, yeah. you know. So I don't that was just kind of a random side thought too, but it's like yeah. it's not just the imperative of the leader, it's all of us in the way that we think holistically about yeah. our financial resources. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, Bree? Man, just go. <laughs> go, people. <laughs> You're sent. Go. Go do yeah. it. And Bree, I will say you 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 doing this is a beautiful picture of like exact I mean exactly what we're talking about. I mean it, it validates normies it validates normies to be like yes i'm called in this place but also just gives us a very practical picture of someone who's who's doing it living it out so thank you for for providing that model for us well you're welcome thank you thank you to <laughs> uh, god <sure>. for <laughs> you, you got it you also live that model Corey. <laughs> so, yeah. but brie does it better but brie does it better and i was I, I mean i people support me financially and i was just thinking about this i wonder if anyone's listening to this and be like is he discrediting i'm like so unbelievably grateful for the generosity of people to oh, be, totally. so that i can live mm-hmm. uh and, and go in the calling that god has in my life i just i just want us to make sure that we can think outside the box yeah and like get all these different you know just so be freed up or whatever it looks like to mm-hmm. go after what God's called us to. And so, uh, yeah, the, the picture that you get to live into right now, Bree, is awesome. Yeah. I, I'm so go. very blessed. Yeah. Go. Just go. go. Just go. Well done. I'm going. Also, I'll just tell a quick story. And I'll, I just to affirm you, I, I remember sending you an email or a text. like I think it was a text like probably three or four months ago. And we're like processing. All right. I think, I think we need a little bit more time committed to getting this done or this done. And I was like... Hey, Bree, you interested in maybe a few more hours to the underground? Mm-hmm. One word response. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was <laughs> followed up with like, I know what else I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, and like, mm-hmm. that's, I just want to affirm like, again, that's going awesome. back to lean into the calling of what God has for you. So if you're a church leader and you're thinking, I know there's another creative way to do this. It's like, go for it. Discover uh, the more creativity that is the heart of God for us and how we see the church formed in a new way, in a new day. Yeah, yeah. Think outside the box because we serve a God who's definitely not in the box. So, Amen. Preach it. Think outside the box. Yeah, it's good. And go. Just go. <laughs> go. Bum, 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 bum. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.